Hello and welcome to the Emmanuel Croydon podcast. At Emmanuel Croydon, we exist to be a community drawn together by our desire to know and follow Jesus. We long to become disciples of Jesus who are equipped to serve him in the whole of life, transforming families, communities and workplaces as we love God with heart, mind, soul and strength. We hope you enjoy this week's talk from the morning services. Thank you for joining us today. Grace and peace to you. The reading is taken from Mark chapter 2, beginning at verse 18. Mark chapter 2, verse 18. Jesus questioned about fasting. Now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. Some people came and asked Jesus, How is it that John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees are fasting, but yours are not? Jesus answered, How can the guests of the bridegroom fast while he's still with them? They cannot, so long as they have him with them. But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, and on that day they will fast. No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. If he does, the new piece will pull away from the old, making the tear worse. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the wine will burst the skins and both the wine and the wineskins will be ruined. No, he pours new wine into wineskins. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you so much, Daphne. Uh, And another welcome to you all, and particularly those who are joining us online as well. It's fantastic to be together. We've moved four times as a family in the last eight years. Um, if you looked at us from the inside in those experiences, you recognize we're not necessarily brilliant at wholesale change, but there have been some silver linings in the process. And one of those um, is getting rid of obsolete phone and computer cables. I've had four chances to look at, pack in a box, take out of a box, look at again, acknowledge that I don't need the vast array of outdated tech gear that I own. And often, I'll admit, it's taken me until about the third time of actually doing this ritual before I finally uh, give in and I am able to say that I am unlikely to find myself suddenly in need of the charger to the phone I last saw with a cracked screen in 2014. There is no, really no point keeping that stuff, is there? It's, it's incompatible. It's defunct. The modern stuff is never going to work with the old stuff because we're done making it like that. We do it better now. It's over with the old cables. Now, here's a question. What makes someone compatible with Jesus? If you were a socket and the gospel of Jesus is the plug... Does it fit? I mean, how would you know? What sort of thinking 
What kind of attitude is compatible with Jesus? Well, last week, we heard Jesus explain, to the great surprise of all who were in earshot of him, that tax collector Levi and his morally questionable company were the compatible ones. And Jesus not only said that they were also included alongside all the old timers, he actually said they were the only kind of people who would fit with him. Because the others, the Pharisees, they didn't much see a need for being healed. Now, those few verses in Mark's Gospel, a little bit earlier in chapter 2, are only part of what Jesus says on the subject. Today we hear further how what the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, the established religious authorities of the day, thought was just incompatible with what Jesus was bringing. And I'm hoping that as we listen to Jesus' words, we would capture a new sense ourselves of this radically different message, this new thing that he brings, and so be filled with his spirit, and we too be changed. And that hope will set us well up for uh, our time of commissioning today for all those serving in our church. But getting back to our passage, there are, there are two big contrasts that jump out from Jesus' teaching. Two things that he says are completely different for those who grasp him and his message. The first one is joy over sorrow, and the second one is the new over the old. Joy over sorrow and the new over the old. Let's take those in turn. First of all, joy over sorrow. Verse 18, Mark 2, says this. Now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. Some people came and asked Jesus, how is it that John's disciples and disciples of the Pharisees are fasting, but yours are not? Jesus answered, how can the guests of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? They cannot, so long as they have him with them. But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, and on that day they will fast. So here's this first incompatibility, according to Jesus. The trouble with the Pharisees was that their religious sorrow was blocking the possibility of the joy of being with Jesus. Their religious sorrow was blocking the joy of being with Jesus. Now, the Pharisees, they and and all their people were really big into fasting. It's a religious practice. Obviously, you don't eat over whatever period of time you choose. But it had a religious meaning. It indicated repentance and sorrow for sin. Perhaps the Pharisees did it because it made them feel a bit more sort of morally worthwhile. Perhaps they did it because they were genuinely sad about sin. Either way, from their perspective, what they couldn't see is how Jesus' disciples could possibly be so jolly happy about everything all the time. Now, here's the complicated thing about this passage. Jesus elsewhere actually endorsed fasting. In fact, he said in just the bit before or at least implied, sorrow for sin is vital. If I'm going to be the kind of person who runs after Jesus to heal me, then I must, first of all, feel a bit sin-sick and probably a bit sad about it. So what is the issue then about fasting here? Well, overall, it seems Jesus is saying the Pharisees and the teacher of the law are striking the wrong tone. 
In fact, their mindset, their religious mindset is so far out, they're actually just where they are that that time. They're just never really going to get Jesus. Why does he say that? Well, perhaps it's because of this. If you read the scriptures from beginning to end, you realize the Bible is one great big love story. The Old Testament tells actually repeatedly, specifically, how God loves his people like a bridegroom loves his bride. And the New Testament goes on to show that he loves her so much that he is willing to suffer and give himself up for her sake. And that's what happens exactly at the first Easter. The bridegroom is going to do that. Because she means so much to him, Jesus, the bridegroom, will die on the cross for his bride, the church, so that she, so that, that we can be saved. Now do you understand why Jesus asked this question? How can the guests of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? Wedding bells don't make a fast. They make a feast. It's a time for a celebration. He said, look, I'm here. I, Jesus, the great bridegroom, are, are, are here. It's time for a celebration, just like the kind of celebration I had down the road with Levi and his mates. When we truly know Jesus, when we realize he is God himself, the one who, despite our sins, accepts us, the one who transforms us, when we realize he gives us hope for the future, when we realize, above all, that he's with us right now, when we realize all of that, however many regrets we carry, when we realize how much he treasures us, when we realize the joy that he has over each one of us, then the joy that we experience will completely eclipse our sorrow for our sin. Jesus is looking for people who are ready for that kind of joy. I wonder, are you? It's been such a privilege over the last year uh, being at this church to meet so many people who radiate that joy. Great way of working out the answer to that question is stay here, find them, talk to them. And I so hope that together as a church, we're going to be able to cultivate that, that and share that kind of joy with one another all the more. We, we want to be a space without a long face. Because let's be honest, it is possible, isn't it, to be really so utterly miserable about religion. Uh, it, it is possible, in fact, to be theologically jolly sound, but frankly, religiously utterly miserable. There is a glum kind of piety that can end up blocking all the joy of knowing Jesus entirely. Now, hear me carefully. Hear what I'm not saying. It's not that Jesus promises an easy life. Life with Jesus will be full of hurdles. There will be suffering. There will be great sadness even at times. But always somewhere deep down, there is this joy that comes from knowing the overflowing love of God. Let's look for that and pray for that joy in ourselves. That's joy over sorrow. So that was the first thing. But the second mismatch, the second incompatibility with the Pharisees was this new over the old. Mark chapter 2, 21. No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, otherwise the new piece will pull away from the old, making the tear worse. I'm not going to explain that bit, but if you were around in the days when denim wasn't pre-shrunk, you'll understand that. But don't worry, the next bit explains it better. 
And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins, and both the wine and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins. Now, I have in here a, uh, a bottle of cheap French rosé, uh, which I think um, we bought on a, on a booze cruise in the days before you had to lock yourself away for two weeks uh, in exchange for the privilege. Um, it was once new. I spotted it in 2015. It is no longer new. It is old and probably undrinkable. Um, we went down a significant rabbit hole with the ministry team discussing this passage on Thursday about the merits of new or old wine. Let me just tell you, this, this par- what Jesus is saying here has nothing really to do with what's in there. It's all about the bit that holds it, the container. Jesus is on about containers. No glass bottles. No plastic ones in that time to fill up our oceans, of course. They used goat and sheepskin to hold the liquid. Now, new wine uh, would continue to ferment once you put it in the container. Now, that was okay if you'd used new animal skins because they could stretch. But if you tried to use old ones that had already stretched, then when the new wine was in it and started fermenting, they would give and they'd break. Now, what's the analogy? What does that mean? Well, the new wine is Jesus and his message. Revolutionary. It turns the world on its head. The old wineskins are the Pharisees and their ilk. Their attitude, they're rigid, stuck in their old ways of thinking. They can't cope with what they're seeing and hearing from Jesus. They literally cannot contain him. They cannot contain him, as in they will be no good as vessels for his teaching. But also, they cannot contain him in the sense that his teaching, his power, is going to be so far beyond the boundaries of their little religious world that they will not be able to stop him. No one pours new wine into old wineskins, Jesus says. Jesus means to say, I need new wineskins. I need people people like Levi. Levi the tax collector, who for all his murky past, is prepared to make room for me. And when I say, follow me, come along. But all of that, of course, begs the question, if it's supposed to be new, not old, well, what is the new thing? What is so new about Jesus? Well, time is short today. The best way of answering that question is to go home, take Mark's gospel, and keep reading from chapter 2, verse 22, all the way to the end, and you'll get the real idea. But let me just share a couple of snapshots. One astonishing new thing is that Jesus brings grace instead of law. Grace instead of law. Law is a way of thinking about religion. And it goes like this. There are a bunch of rules. You have to keep them all. And if you don't keep them all, at some point, God's going to turn up and he's going to say it's game over. That's law. And law is a natural way of imagining God. It's often how we just imagine him if there's no other content. God is the harsh schoolmaster. Grace is completely different. Grace says, yes, you, you and I, we're sinners. We constantly disobey God. But he still comes after us. And though we don't deserve it, he welcomes us as his children. We don't earn God's favor. 
what we do doesn't get it that back in, in return. We, we do love and we live for him, but only because he first lived for and loved us. Now that is new. That, that is mind-blowing stuff to most people. If I, when I speak to people who haven't really kind of heard much about Christianity, when, when they first hear that, they're like, you must be kidding me, it works like that. And then when they do grasp it, they just think, this is absolutely wonderful. Why did no one tell me this before? And by the way, if, if you're, you've only recently made that discovery, or perhaps you made that discovery a long time ago, that the Lord works by grace, not law, and you'd love to be able to share that with other people, uh, and you'd like to get better at it, uh, then please sign up for the Talking Jesus course that starts week after next. And by the way, we were at the stage where you need to not just intend to come on the course, you need to sign up for it. So do do that. So grace over the law. That's one new thing. But here's another big thing. Jesus brought the age of the Spirit. Up until this point um, in, in the Bible, God's Spirit features temporarily in the lives of some of God's people to sort of perform a particular purpose. But Jesus leaves his spirit for every believer all the time. It's like an unending supply of new wine. Jesus fills up his followers with himself. And the spirit is amazing. The spirit counsels us. It comforts us. It convicts us. It challenges us. It opens our eyes to new things about God. That's just what we've been singing, haven't we? I want to know you more. That's what the spirit does. You know those moments when we, would, we know what we should do. We look at it and we just say, ah, I'm not going to do that. Have you got a moment like that right now where, where you feel you know the right thing, but you just can't find the love or the courage or the grit or the freedom or whatever you need to do that thing? The Spirit supplies that for us. So let me ask you this morning, have you experienced that filling up of the Spirit? Are you eager to know more of God at work in your heart, in your mind, and in your actions? Do you want to be stretched like those containers of wine? Do you want to be stretched in your obedience, in your holiness, in your care for others, in your confidence, and so many other things besides? That, that's what Jesus is promising here. The new over the old. So we have joy over sorrow. New over the old. And let me say, if anything I've just said is just very strange to you or makes not a great deal of sense, I'd love to speak to you about it a bit more after the service. But I'd like to move on neatly from this discussion of new wine to the rest of our time together, which is going to be a time of commissioning. And the connection between the two is in the same way that Jesus pours his new wine into our lives, he fills us up for a purpose. So that we would give out ourselves. And that's what we do as we serve. Now, um, for some years now, uh, before I came, I think we've had a, an annual commissioning service at the beginning of autumn. And all of you know much better than I do um, how much the Emmanuel ministry here depends on this army of volunteers giving time and resources to serve one another, and, and indeed to serve our local neighbours. And this commissioning service has been a time, and is today, to celebrate and to thank and to pray for and to send out all those wonderful volunteers into service for the year ahead. Now, this September, 
we find ourselves in a slightly different situation. So please just bear with me as I explain how it's going to be a bit different. As well as a day of commissioning, today is a day of recruiting and discerning. So we're going to say three things today. Bless you, need you, and think through. Bless you, need you, and think through. Let's see if I can uh, use those to explain what I'm on about. First, bless you. We've come through a jolly hard time, haven't we? I think for many of us, perhaps this was some of the hardest years of our lives, and it's still not over. And during that time, I know many of us feel deeply indebted to all those who have served us all the way through this pandemic. There are too many to mention, and if I start, I'm probably going to miss someone. So I just want to say to all of our volunteers, every single one who's serving, week in, week out, Sundays, midweek, seen and unseen, often at huge personal cost, thank you. Thank you and, and bless you, both now and in the future. You know who you are. And of course, their service continues to be vital now as ever. I've, I've asked Jamie, um, uh, one of our wardens, to come up. And um, do come up, Jamie. And Jamie's going to lead us in a prayer as we commit those who are currently serving across the church's ministries to the Lord and ask him to bless their work. Off you go, Jamie. We pray for those to be commissioned into the ministry of this church. There are many gifts of the Spirit, and we have each been given our own unique gifts to share with others in the name and service of God. We say together, May, May God be, God be with, with you in the, in the ministry, ministry to which you are being commissioned, commissioned, and may, may God, God help us to discern our own calling and ministry. ministry. People of God, will you pray for and support those commissioned in the ministry of our church? With the help, the help of, of God, God, we will. May Christ, who came among us not to be served, but to serve, be your inspiration in all that you say and do. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Now, Jamie, I'm going to keep you there. Secondly, so that was bless you. Secondly, need you. Need you. During 80 months of the pandemic, we've We've had to change a lot. We've had to pause or adjust some of the things that we did before. And we're currently still in that reopening phase. But increasingly, uh, I'm sensing people want to get back in person. And not just on Sundays, but in the ministries they've enjoyed through midweek. So the demand is going up. But the supply is not yet catching up. Okay? We haven't got all the teams in place to serve them. So we need you and you. So whether you're new to serving uh, in the church or you've done it for years, we need you. 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 10 says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have, you have received, to serve others. So how can you serve others? I want to encourage you to come and join with us and serve. Now, I'm going to share a few roles that we currently urgently need new volunteers for. And I'm going to begin with uh, just speaking briefly to uh, the uh, two particular roles, uh, one overseeing our seniors and one overseeing our outreach. Um, We're looking for someone to oversee all of the work that we do with seniors. It's fantastic all the stuff that's going on. 
but it all needs bringing together with new vision and a sense of kind of connectivity. We're asking for someone who might, would be willing to join us at our weekly ministry team meetings and beyond that to coordinate that, that work. We'd also like to have someone join us on our ministry team, again, meeting with us weekly to oversee and push forward our outreach. This is a great calling that we've received from the Lord, and it'd be lovely to have someone who would help us as a whole church family, whose particular job it was to do that. Let's uh, keep going through what we've got. So, children and youth. We've got needs in the Rock and Rolling Stones, Sunday and midweek services, and Friday Rocks uh, on early, early Friday evenings. So I'm just not quite, my eyes need, need some uh, improving, so I'm going to turn around here. Uh, we've got activities for families, creche and toddlers that need help with. We've got Sunday worship and production team needs. We need drummers. Bass guitar players, sound desk operators, camera operators, but in general, musicians, singers, and production team members. For our Sunday services, we need help in the Rock Cafe. We need people who will serve refreshments in the Sunday evenings. We need readers and intercessors. We need welcomers. We need prayer ministry team members. Uh, For our admin, our finance, uh, and maintenance, we need people who can help us um, transcribe, well, actually compile the transcript of our Sunday morning services to share it with those who don't have access to screens. We need finance team members. We need people who are willing to do DIY and maintenance jobs. And we need gardeners as well. Uh, brilliant. Now, all of that um, will be on our church website, including the contact that I put at the bottom there, or rather Ian put at the bottom there, so you know where to go if you'd like to serve in a particular way. So do chat to the contacts and look at the church website for that. Brilliant. Jamie's now going to lead us uh, in prayer for those needs. God is our provider. He fed his hungry people in the desert. Like a mother with her children, he cares for each one of us and all of us together. We commit our needs to him. People of God, will you pray for and support and consider how you may serve in the ministry of our church? With the The help help of of God, God, we will. will. Together. May May God God provide provide from from amongst us those those who who will serve. serve, And may May he he help each one of us discern our our calling calling and ministry. ministry. Amen. Amen. So, thank you for bearing with me so far. We've had, bless you, we've had, need you. And finally, think through. Through the pandemic, some ministries have continued. Other ministries have paused and are now restarting. And there are other ministries still who, where if you're in leadership there or or you're volunteering, you may be unsure about what the next steps are. And let me say, if that's where you find yourself, that's absolutely fine. Now is the time to think through. For every ministry that we have, there are three possible ways forward. We can continue with that ministry. We can wait to see what we need to do with that ministry. Or we can stop doing that ministry. And those are really all three of them ways forward. And we don't want to be afraid of any one of them. 
And I guess today is the day where, where I need to say quite explicitly, let's not be afraid of stopping. To wrap up a ministry is not a fail. It's definitely a whole load better to wrap up than to dry up, right? Now, the PCC wisely said in the, in the parish profile that I applied to, we feel we're trying to do too much and may have become activity-focused. So maybe now is a really good time to say stop to some of the things that we've done in the past. I'm just going to take one example. Take the homeless shelter. Fantastic ministry that we led. And so many of you were a wonderful part of that. We're getting the sense right now that after the pandemic, expectations around housing uh, and providing shelter for homeless are changing. Now, there will definitely be opportunities of serving the same people, but they were probably going to look different from now on. Now, for now, we genuinely don't know. And I mention that not specifically because I'm concerned about that one, but just because it's an example of so many things. For every ministry, with God's help, we need to think through, not how are we going to carry on doing what we did before, but what is the need? Do, do we genuinely have the heart? Do we have the resources? Do we have the ability to meet that need? And above all, do we, do we feel a genuine sense of calling from God in it? Because any ministry that we do that isn't fueled by God's Holy Spirit is going to very quickly exhaust us and we're going to have had enough. We'll give up. At the same time as saying, encouraging us to think, okay, are there things that we need to stop? I want to say we, we need to be open to whatever new things the Lord may be calling us to. As I've got, got to know this church, and it's been a great privilege, um, I've realized that many of our ministries have been started and sustained out of the particular vision, frankly, of one person and their energy. So let's take time to discern, pray, and think through. And I want to suggest, or other, the ministry team suggested this, and I echo it, that we set aside the next month, four, four weeks' time, hopefully many of us will meet together on the, on the 9th of October for a community day to, to serve Emmanuel and our community then. And it would be great if we could get to that weekend able to share more of the concrete needs and ideas that have grown in this time. So I want us to be seeking the Lord in, the, in these few weeks. And we'll be sharing a few spotlights of, on what people are already doing uh, as we go to give you a sense. So bless you, need you, think through. I'm just going to pause for a second. And then Jamie is going to close us in prayer as we commit ourselves to think through what the future holds. From Christ, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. People of God, will you pray for and seek God's will for your own ministry and the ministry of our church? With the the help help of of God, God, we we will. And may God meet all our needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for uh, your willingness uh, to just listen a little bit further uh, today to that. Uh, Do speak to anyone, uh, including me or members of the team, if there are things that have come up there that really prompted you. We're going to close our time now together with uh, wonderful to have all the kids in joining us too with a final uh, hymn which invites the Spirit of God, the new wine, to come into us and uh, really energize us uh, and fill us with his will for our lives. 
Thanks for listening to the Emmanuel Croydon podcast. For more information about our church and everything we have going on, visit our website, emmanuelcroydon.org.uk. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram to see and hear what's going on in the life of our church. God bless you and have a wonderful week. Thank you.